Well, good morning, good morning. I'm, uh, I'm going to get us started here. Um, I've been handing out bubble levels, so if anybody hadn't gotten a bubble level, just let me know. I've got several more back here. Uh, I have I've taught this uh, at one other church. We did it last year. And, you know, the more that I teach on this uh, spirit, soul, and body, where is your bubble? You know, I just get so much more revelation. You know, every time I read the word, I get so much more revelation. I mean, it is amazing how much God's word never, ever quits. You know, I'll read a word and I'll be like, man, that changed. And you go, well, how did the word change? No, the word didn't change. My perception of what it said changed. See, sometimes we have, we look at the word through our own filter. Do you know how many people look through the, you know, look through life with their own filter? You know, you can find people who will go and say, oh man, I, I'm a great, uh, you know, I'm really great at my job maybe. But I'm really bad at being a father. You know, I work with a guy and his whole concept was is that if he ever had a gift, it was to do what he was doing at work. And then everything else was kind of, I'm just trying to make it work. You know that trying to make something work doesn't work. You know, I love, I love in the Star Wars things, you know, Yoda would, would tell Luke Skywalker, no try, do. You know, a little green leprechaun looking thing telling you no try, do. Every time I think about that, when I go, you know, I'm going to try that. I see Yoda going, no try, do, you know. See, we have to continually grow into what God's word says about us rather than what maybe somebody said about you in the past. You know, I had ADD and dyslexia. A lot of people said good things about me. But it would always be with a, a butt on the end of it. I mean, how many people have butts being thrown at you? And they all stink, right? I mean, there's not a butt. And I'm talking about the actual logos word here, not your rear end. But if somebody always will give you a compliment and they go, but, that's what they really think. That's what they're really trying to portray to you. Well, I think you can do that, but you really need to tamp that down and take things a little at a time. You know, every single time the, the word of God comes in and it changes you a little bit on the inside, we have to push the, the butts out of our life. We have to go, what does the word say about me? Oh, I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. I can, you know, he supplies my need according to his riches and glory. I can take Philippians 4 and I could preach on it for probably 20 years. There's so much revelation in there about God's peace and provision that, that I just sit there and go, man, sometimes I just turn over Philippians 4. I just sit there and go, man, I got something else out of it. My perception of who God is changed over and over and over and over. And see, that's what I want you to understand is that the more we find out who we are in Christ Jesus, that we were created in his image and that there is no other image that we need to put on top of ourselves. You know, I love it. Heather come up a couple weeks ago and says, hey, I know how I can make $400 a month. And I was like, really? $400 a month? And he was like, yeah, we get them to put an advertisement over the top of, of her car. And she drives around with whatever... Cadbury Easter eggs, okay? So her car would look like a big Cadbury Easter egg running down the road, okay? Now, I will tell you this. That's a facade. She wants free Cadbury Easter eggs. That is not a lie, okay? But that is a facade. It's not a Cadbury Easter egg. You might get paid $400 or whatever it was in order to, to put that on your car. But if somebody cracks, the, somebody cracks the door on it, it's going to bust your car. 
you're not going to have gooey goodness come out of the side of the car. But see, that's what we do is we have people imprint the opposite things. We have people imprint on the outside of us constantly going, I just don't know. I just don't know. Do you know that every time somebody comes along and tries to, tries to cover up what God is putting on the inside of you and you allow it to happen, then you're walking in the flesh because it's your flesh that's accepting that because the Spirit of God's not ever going, yeah, I agree with the world. That's not true. The Holy Spirit's going, I got a whole book that I, re- that I wrote specifically that you were supposed to take the promises out of. You know, uh, a friend of mine, he said, you know, he, he was, and we had gotten this in Bible school, you know, but essentially, you know, all scripture is inspired, but not all scripture is gospel. And People go, well, yes, it is. Well, no, some of it's history. Some of it's a backstory. Some of it is trying to tell you how not to do something. You know, we need to know. I've actually met people that would ask questions about things that you're not supposed to do and go, well, why did God say that? Because he wanted you to know not to do it. That wasn't your character. That's not the image that he wants to put on the inside of you. So if you take nothing more out of where's your bubble that we've been talking about for the last seven weeks, what I want you to walk away with is that you are created in the image of God, that you have no defect, none. And you may go, well, I feel like I got a defect. I have all these bad problems that happens all the, all the time. Well, that's the, fr- the flesh and it has to deal with all the stuff out here. I mean, right now, y'all are cold. I'm up here sweating. I'm having to deal with the flesh, right? I, last night, I had too much tea and too much cake. I didn't sleep. I didn't go to bed until 3.30 in the morning. So I'm up here going, can I lay down on the floor for a minute? But see, our flesh tries to tell us all kinds of Bad things that are not really what is the image that's on the inside of us. The Spirit of God that He has put on us. We have to renew our mind. So I'm going to get into this. And by the way, um, you know, we're coming to the end. Next week, I'm going to wrap this thing up. We talked about the... We talked about the soul, the mind, will, and emotions over the last few weeks. And it was very complicated. If you need to go back and listen to that... There is a lot to it. Our mind, will, and emotions, there is so much to it that I could not wrap it up here in like a five-minute presentation. So if, if you're going, I don't know, you know, I, I need more on that, please go back to that. Come, come talk to me about it. I would love to talk to y'all. But I want to move on and get us to the point to where we kind of understand when we tie up our spirit, soul, and body, and that our soul, our mind, will, and emotions all line up, what does that look like? What does it also look like when we don't have it all lined up with God? Ah, there we go. Computer's lagging. So I'm going to talk about something that you guys probably have, some of y'all may have never even heard of this. If you have, great. But we're going to talk a little bit about it. I'm not going to get too much into it because I don't really like to to teach full-blown on this. Uh, We're going to talk about numerology a little bit. And numerology is not like Scientology. So this is not, we're not going into a weird place, okay? Basically what numerology is, is that people have taken patterns in the Bible and they have created studies on it. It's theologians that has done this over the last 2000 years has taken things in the Bible and said, Hey, there's patterns here that we need to understand things that God actually said in his word that we just need to say, Hey, this might be important. If I see this, there might be a correlation to some things, but I want to give you some insight 
Because a lot of people get taught lots of things about revelations and about the mark of the beast and about how things actually are going to happen, but maybe there's some, some idealisms that we need to understand. Because I mentioned this last week. You know, people have said, if you'd went and got the shot for COVID, well, that's the mark of the beast. They're changing your DNA. Well, the mark of the beast may actually have a physical representation of something. But we have to understand what the mark of the beast is because it, it's laid out actually in Revelations chapter 13 of exactly what the mark of the beast is going to be. And we have to understand that it, it's not some sort of a, a, a computer system because God doesn't fight against computer systems. God is a spirit, and the spirit of man is there. The, the spirit of God is out there. There's evil spirits, but the spirit behind the thing is what we need to understand. Because it could look like all kinds of stuff. I mean, if it had happened 100 years ago, there was no computers. I mean, if, if the... If the beast came to be a hundred years ago, he would have walked in and it would have been all on paper and pencil. Show me your papers. How many people have seen, you know, the Gestapo, you know, back, back during, uh, you know, the World War II, they would walk around and they would say, show me your papers. You had to carry a physical card around. Now, this is where people start getting into COVID is the is the mark of the beast because, you know, everybody was wanting to show a vaccine card. But at the end of the day, you have to understand the spirit behind something more than the actual something itself. Because the method to be able to keep up with stuff, there's plenty of databases and there's plenty of people who are being chipped for all kinds of stuff. I mean, you may have a dog and they put a chip in it. Is it got the mark of the beast in it? No. That was supposed to be a joke. But I mean, at the end of the day, there are all kinds of methods, but we need to understand the substance, the spirit behind it. So in Revelations 13, 18, it says, Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast. Okay? The number of the beast is 666. But where does, it, where does the number of the beast come from? It says, For it is the number of man. His number is 666. So what we have to understand is that the mark of the beast, the whole 666, oh, well, my, my social security number has 666 in it. Oh, I'm, I'm the beast. I mean, that's not true. What we have to understand is that man's number is 6. And the mark of the beast is 666. And what we have to understand this from is because the imagery that comes here actually comes from Genesis. It comes from a lot of different places. Man was created on the sixth day. Okay? There are, in numerology, six represents man. It represents who he is. It represents what he does. It represents how he interacts in the world and with God. There's tons and tons of applications for this in the Bible. You can go through. There's actually websites, books. There's all these textbooks you can go find on, um, you know, man and six. And I'm going to give you a couple of these just so you kind of understand where I'm going. This is not weird stuff. If you don't care anything about this, throw it away afterwards. I just think it's interesting. I also think, though, it, it tells us something about the system of man. It tells us something about where man will go and how that mark is in the beast and who he's going to be. So we actually see that the number of man is six and the number of the beast is 666. And it says why. And it's because here in Genesis, God created Adam in his own image. And in the image of God, he created male and female. He created them. And then in verse 31, it says, And God saw that everything he had made indeed was good. So that evening and the morning was the sixth day. So man's number without 
God is six. Man was created on the sixth day. So we can, we can represent that man alone equals this number of six. So we see in references throughout the Bible, it says, you know, uh, in Exodus uh, 20, uh, 20, 11, it says six days are for man and the seventh is for the Lord. That was created, you know, in numbers, in the Levitical law to say, hey, six days you work, six days you go and do something. On the seventh day, you have to give that day to the Lord. That was a part of the law that he had created for Israel. I feel like there's a lot of confused people. If you're confused, Raise your hand. I'll, I'll, I'll kind of circle back around. But six was the design of God to basically say man equals this. So every time you see six in the Bible, there's a lot of correlations that come to that. So Jericho, they marched all the people around in six days. So they got man involved in six days. On the seventh day, what happened to Jericho? God was the one that actually crushed Jericho. Man, all he did was they just walked around. They didn't say anything. On the sixth day, they screamed. Ah! And then God's the one that actually took out Jericho. God gave Israel six cities from the Levites to maintain. And we see them down here. It's a Kadesh, uh, Chesham, uh, Hebron, Golan, uh, Ramoth, and uh, Bazor. And essentially, and you can go read this in Numbers chapter 6. God told them, create these refuges. So these six cities were designed not just for Jews. They were designed for Jews and Gentiles. Anybody could come for refuge. If you needed water, food, if you needed a place to stay, they would also protect you. And in Numbers chapter 6, they would actually go, they, they were created for man. These six cities. You may be thinking, Dusty, why does this actually matter? Well, it's because it's an image thing. See, our image is in the image of God when we are saved. When we're not saved, we're only in the image of man. And 666 has to do with the image of man. I'm going to try. I feel, like I'm, I feel like I need to say this a different way. Okay. So I have a spirit, I have a soul, and I have a body. That didn't change when Adam fell. Okay. When Adam fell, he became all man in his spirit. He became all man in his soul. And he was all man in his body. Okay? Does that make sense to everybody? See, their image did not have God in it. Adam and Eve, when they fell and everybody before they got saved by Jesus, in their spirit, in their soul, and in their body, they had nothing but the spirit of man. It meant that they had no way of redemption. They had no way of anything. See, the, the mark of the beast that everybody really wants to talk about, the mark of the beast in, in Revelations 13, 18, it says, let him who understands calculate the number of the beast for it is the number of man. The number of the beast is the number of man. That means in themselves, they will only be man. There will be no love of God that's on the inside of these people. See, this, see they're going to take the mark, whatever that thing looks like. They're going to take it because it's going to be a part of who they are. They're going to love it. Because whatever it looks like, whatever it represents, it's going to be in, in selfishness. It's going to be in self Worth, it's going to be, and, and they're not going to have any love for anyone else. It's going to be a benefit to them. They're not going to see it as, oh, I, I see this as a bad thing. 
No, the people who are going, I see this as a bad thing, are going to look at the system and go, that's a bad thing. Because they're going to be, they're going to have, they're going to have a seven. They're going to be seven, seven, six. Hopefully most of us actually get our body involved and now we're all for the Lord. So it would be seven, seven, seven. Does this make sense? I, I feel like I'm, I'm saying this poorly, but I want everybody to understand that if we don't have a regenerated spirit, we cannot even renew our mind. You can read the word of God all day long. You will never get it. It will never change anything. How do I know this? Because it didn't change Israel. Every male, every male had to, had to know the first five books. Had to know them. It didn't change them. They still had to have sacrifices for their sin. They still had to have everything. There was no redemption in them. And see, 666 is going to be the embodiment of the people who are going to want to take this. If anybody goes, somebody's going to trick me into 666. Well, guess what? If you're saved, you have a seven in there. You have a seven in there. I don't care if you have no regenerated soul at all. You have a seven. You can be given your flesh over to the, over to the, the worldly things. But all of a sudden you're going to go, wait a minute. I got something in here scratching going, don't do that. Don't do that. One of the most liberal places, and I'm not going to get political. It might sound political for a second, but one of the most liberal places we got in the world is Canada. One of the most humanistic places. In fact, I've, I've got friends that actually pastored up there for a long time and said that they don't even know the Bible. Like, they don't know Bible stories. Like, you can go up there and you can talk to them about, you know, about Jonah and the whale. And they're like, what are you talking about? Because there was a whole generation that erased that. So there's a pockets of people that have been taught the word. But for the most part, like in America, you can go and say something about Jesus. And you can talk about certain things that happen in the Bible. And people will kind of go, yeah, yeah, my grandmother told me about that. Yeah, yeah, my mom said something. Or I went to church when I was younger. But see, in Canada, that's not the case. They quit that about 70 years ago. So you've got, say again, post-Christian and, and now modern humanists is what they call themselves. See, what I want you to understand, though, is that when the Spirit of God starts moving around, you start getting people... See, when you start taking freedom away from the people who go, I want freedom, I'm looking for something, even though they might not be saved, but the Spirit of God's talking to them on the inside, they'll go get arrested for it. They'll go find a pastor that's over here in another place, and they'll have him come speak to them, and he'll be arrested, and they're going and looking because they're looking for truth. They're looking for freedom. And the only way you get freedom where there is no control is through God. And see, people are starting to wake up to the idealism that, wait a minute, in my post-Christian, modern, humanistic belief system, it's all about control. Now, are there lights and types of the Antichrist? Absolutely. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger got on TV and said, forget your freedom. You just do the blanking shot. See, that's, that's what happens when the humanistic side of people come out. And you don't, have the, you don't have God on the inside of you and you're not building yourself up. What happens is, is that you start going, oh, I'll just do anything that the system says. Babylon starts talking to you and you start going, I'll give up all of my freedom as long as you protect me and I get to have the, the things that I want. I know it sounds political, but I'm not. I, this, is, this is 
This is the dividing line between, between humanism and the Spirit of God. I'm going to say it again, and if they come and arrest me for it, come do it. Because what happens is, is that there's going to be a time where people are going to go, that is dangerous for you to say. Oh, it's dangerous for you to not be under control. Because that's, that makes everybody feel good. Well, I get my, you know, if the government just pays me and I stay at home. See, that's why you start seeing people that are fighting against, you know, doing away with the mandates and taking the mask off and doing all this other stuff is because they want to put you in your house and just send you food. Because they want you to go, thank you. Thank you for the food and thank you for the... There will be a day and it's not today. We are not in that time yet. Because there are people standing up and they're going, no, I'll go to war over this. Will there be a day? Absolutely, there will be a day. There will be a day at the very end of this where the mark of the beast is going to put people in their homes. It's going to look like it's going to look like this idealism about selfishness. It's going to look like the idealism about self-preservation only. They will separate people so that they can control them. That's what the mark of the beast is. It's a system of ideas around humanism. Now, will it have a name and will it have whatever? Oh yeah, it'll it'll be something and it will but there will be people, the, the Christian people, that will go, because the Holy Spirit's going to go, eh, don't do that. Don't, don't go after those things. And see, that's what we need to do as Christians is we need to see those things and call them out. When somebody's trying to absurd control over people and then give them something selfishly, we need to go, no, that's wrong. It's not political. This is spiritual. But see, that's going to be the moniker that's going to go over all the people who, who speak out and go, you're trying to control the system of the mark of man. See, it's just man's unregenerated, ungodlike personification. People are going to love him for it. It's going to be a system that people are going to go, I don't understand why you got a big deal with it. Go sit at your house and let them send you food. Go sit at the house and, and let them tell you what to think. See, this is, the, this is the beginnings and the groanings to see how many people I actually follow. See, the Spirit of God is still working today. There's people who are standing up. And we need to stand up as Christians and we need to say, look, I'm not going to be controlled by those things. I promise this is not a political speech. This is a, this is a spiritual speech. This is the spirit of God that's on the inside of me going, look, guys, don't allow the mark of the beast, the system of man to come in and change your beliefs don't let them force you and needle you into doing things that you don't want to do. Now, you may be going, well, that hasn't happened yet. No, it, the Antichrist and the spirit of man has been happening since the beginning of time. This is the, this is the truth. I mean, I, I'm, I promise you, I am not trying to get into some political discussion. But this is the way it has happened for thousands and thousands of years. The system of man comes up and says, I know better than God. And see, what I want you to understand is, is that if man himself has no regenerated spirit, no renewed soul, people's flesh is just going to go wild. And this is what happens. There's, no, there's nothing holding them back. You know, eight actually in numerology, it represents a new beginning. In fact, on the eighth day, God started walk, put them in the, the Garden of Eden and started walking in the cool of the day with Adam and Eve. 
See, God is looking for new beginnings with the whole world. He's trying to take them out of their humanist idealisms. He's trying to bring them into the Spirit of God so that He can commune with them. That was His whole plan the whole time. He created all of this so that man and Him could have relationship. This is it. If you want to know the secret of God and what He wants for your life, guess what? I just told you. He wants to commune with those people. He wants to give you freedom and a will. He's okay with you asking him stupid questions. He's okay with you going, I don't think so, God. And he goes, oh, yeah, you're going to find out. You know, even last night I was talking to God about some stuff. And I was like, I don't know about that, God. Holy Spirit goes, okay. Are you going to believe me or are you going to believe the lie? Now, you may be going, well, what kind of lie are you believing? Well, I'll tell you. You know that there are lots of times in my life where God says, hey, we're going to do more. And I go, I don't know how much more I can do. And he goes, oh, yeah, you'll be able to do this. It's going to be easy for you. Once you get into it, you're going to find out it's exactly what you should be doing. And I go, I don't know about that, Lord. I just don't know. And you know, And the thing is, is every time he is correct, every single time, when I get into the midst of what God wants me to do, it's just there's peace. I find that when I'm not, and I'm like, well, I know what's best for me, I get into the the humanistic side of things, and I start trying to control it. Oh, i got to have this much time that I... That I sleep and I got to have this much time that I, I go and do something. And by golly, we're going to go out and eat on a Friday night rather than go to a, a, a thing for the, you know, a, a service. Or, or we're going to do this or we're going to do that. Your flesh will sit there and say, I want to control. I want to create a, a system of control around you. But the Spirit of God's on the inside of you going, no, renew your mind. And if you renew your mind then what we're going to do, and I'm going to kind of jump through this, then essentially you become become a two-on-one type situation. Have you ever ever seen two-on-one, like, you know, played football? And I'm about to show you some pictures here. But, you know, two-on-one basically was, you know, everybody wants two-on-one. In fact, uh, Caleb's been playing lacrosse, and they've got all these, like, terms and everything. But when somebody has a penalty, and they go into the penalty box, and the guy's over there, and they go, one man down. Well, it basically means that you have more people on the field than they do. Now it's time to really press. It's time to find that weakness and go do it. Well, do you know that the same thing happens with, with your spirit, soul, and body? You know, when you start having two-on-one, man, you can, you can start doing all kinds of stuff if you're, if you're on the spiritual side or if you're on the fleshly side. In fact, John 16, says, These things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulations, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And then in the next, uh, in the next chapter, <coughs> excuse me, it's uh, um, John 17. It says, Jesus spoke these words, lifting his eyes to heaven, said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son, that your son may be glorified in you. And verse 2 says, As you have given authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to those who... I'm sorry. He should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this eternal life that they might know you and the one true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. See, they already had a fleshly side. He was wanting to give the spiritual side. See, Jesus is telling, hey, I'm giving, I've been given authority to start giving this spiritual side to people so that they can be in the world untouched, unfazed by those things. They're not fighting a, a, all three sides are, are standing together. You know, 
I always love, I always love when people have a discussion about who God is because they talk about God three and one. God three and one. God three and one. Do you know what the one is? They're one together. They're, they're in agreement. They're, they're going in the same direction. They are lockstep with each other. They are embodied together. They are moving. There's not one of them over here going, oh, I'm doing something different. They're three in one. Well, see, we're supposed to be three in one too. But a lot of times we're, you know, two in one. We'll be in lockstep together with our, with our spirit, with God. But then our our soul starts, I don't know about that. I'm going to go back over here to the flesh. But see, God wants us to be in spirit, soul, and body together. Three in one in agreement. And walking and continuing down the same path to where we have no, no separation whatsoever. No separation at all. See, that's what we need to understand is that Jesus himself... In John 4, 4, uh, 1 John 4, 4, it says, You are God, um, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he is who is in the world. See, Jesus is greater. He's in you. He's created now a stake, if you will. He said, Hey, spirit, soul, and body, now I've created in you the spirit of God, now I can pull your soul. I can start to pull your body. So when you get out here on the fringes and I'm, I'm, I'm about to jump off into the world, the Holy Spirit's constantly sitting there going, no, nope, come on back here. See, Jesus was that quickening spirit. He's bringing us back into the fold. Matthew 10, 27 through 28 says, Whatever I tell you in the darkness, speak in the light. And whatever you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. Do not fear for those who can kill the body, <clears throat> but cannot kill the soul. But rather fear him. And this word is the Greek word ho. Just, it's the word ho. That which is able to destroy both the soul and the body in hell. See, what I want you to understand is, is that is that when you have that two-on-one, then your, if your soul will go back over here to the spirit side, then now, hey, I'm gang tackling. You see this guy down here, number 15, he's tackling number 15? Well, there's no way that you're going to stop him. We're two-on-one. You have, you have spirit and you have soul that goes against all the fleshly things. Now I can pull my body back into line. Whenever my mind, will, and emotions goes into to just panic, oh, I've got the Spirit of God. He's game tackling with my soul, my renewed mind to say, let's calm those emotions down. Oh, there's bad stuff happening out here. My body's having to deal with it. Well, the next thing you know, we actually had a thing the other day. And Heather was telling me about it. And it was, it was kind of a bad thing. It could make you very emotional. And I walked into it, and the first thing I thought was, oh, I'm going to go and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go tell those people off. Heather knows what I'm talking about. I'm going to go tell those people off. And the Spirit of God on the inside of me said, what does the Word say? And my mind went, well, we should love those that, that curse us. And then my body went, we're just going to do nothing. Because that's going to be the most prudent thing to do in this situation. But guess what? I could have went to the other side. My soul could have went, by God, I'm going to tell them exactly what I think. And they, they don't get to do that to me because they don't, they don't know how much I went through to, to actually try to get them the right information. And, and they... They're messing with me. Oh, gosh. Let's, let's go beat them up. Let's go find them. I, right now my mouth's dry. I want to spit on them. 
But see, that's what we get into every single time that something happens. Is our spirit has to go, what you going to do? Are you renewed in your mind to those things? Can I gang tackle this guy? Or is it your, your body and your soul that's going crazy and the spirit's just kind of going, I'm waiting for you to calm down. Maybe I can pull you back in. Maybe I can get the soul to help reel it back in. I call it the kinetic chain. We're going to talk about that next week a little bit, about the kinetic chain of the Holy Spirit. But what I want you to understand is, is that you have a double team as long as you renew your mind. Romans 12 tells us that if you renew your mind by the Word of God, that, that He is going to be in the spirit of your mind. See, what we have to understand is that the spirit and your mind can connect together. They actually can work in, in unison in order to pull you out of bad situations. You know, I've been in plenty of situations where I walked into the middle of something where somebody was trying to destroy my job. They were trying to destroy what I had built over years and years. And I go in the middle of the situation, the first thing you feel is attacked. Well, I got to strike back. And I got news for you. When you're six foot four and you weigh what I weigh and you walk in, everybody kind of backs up like, I got to put some desk between me and them before I tell them the bad news. But you know, the thing is, is that if you go in the midst of any situation where the Spirit of God is ruling and reigning in your mind, the first thing I did when, this, when these things happened, and it was in a very short amount of time where somebody was trying to come in, they had, they had lied. They lied on me. Lord, they lied on me. Well, you know, people are going to do that. It's just going to happen. You're, you're going to be going down. I mean, I got news for you. When we first started this this ministry and I'd put stuff on Facebook, there was people going, oh my gosh, he's part of that, he's part of that cult over there. I was like, I don't know if I've asked y'all to drink any Kool-Aid, much less any that's poisoned. I mean, I'm still trying to understand, you know, I'm still trying to understand what's different about me than, than other people. I'm just up here doing what the Lord tells me to do. But back on my other story, you know, I could have gotten mad. And if I'd gotten mad, they would have had reason to have let me go. See, a lot of times we give people the permission to do things in our lives. But see, that's what he was saying back here. In verse 2 here in, in uh, John 17, verse 2, it says, You have been given an authority over all flesh. So I still remember that day standing there. I, I'm standing there. They're telling me this. I said, can I sit down? Because, you know, when I go from six foot four down to I'm sitting down, well, now I'm on the same level they are. Now I'm going, okay, I understand your problem. Let, can we talk through it? Can you help me? <clears throat> you know what? It diffused the situation. I, I no longer had a situation. But if I had said, you can't talk about me like this, they're wrong. Well, you know what? I never even said they were wrong or right. The Holy Spirit just said, sit there and listen. And then they asked me, they go, is, does, is this true? And I said, no, it's not true. You know, that's one of the reasons why Jesus didn't say anything until he was asked a question. It's because the only thing that Jesus could have done is gotten the flesh and said, you're wronging me. I'm the, I'm the most perfect person that's ever walked the earth. Well, guess what? When you're talking to a bunch of humanistic people and you say, I'm righteous, whoa, that, that throws a monkey wrench into everything. You're righteous? Yeah, I'm, I'm righteous because of Jesus. You go in the middle of a bunch of humanistic people and you throw that one out there, it will be a fight. I'm just letting you know, if you want to trigger a fight, I'm giving you some good words for it, okay? But you know what? Sometimes when you're in the midst of where somebody's trying to get you, 
The best thing is to just shut up and let the Holy Spirit lead and guide you into all truth. Let the authority over the flesh be taken. Take it. Say, okay, mind, will, and emotions. Let's back that off. And you know what's so great about this? Is that, you know, whenever we allow our spirit, soul, and body to come, we we just overcome the world. You know, it's not hard to overcome the world when you're in the spirit. Because in the spirit, it's like, it doesn't even phase me. It, it, Jesus was not phased by the punishments that they were putting him under. There's nothing in the word that said there was so much anguish. No, he was walking in the spirit. He was doing everything and taking on all of those things by the spirit of God. Now, did it hurt his flesh? Absolutely. But what we have to understand is that there's going to be lots of things our flesh is going to be hurt by. It might not be a physical thing. Somebody might not be beating you. I mean, that doesn't feel good. But, you know, sometimes I would, you know, I was the guy when I was playing football, we would do something stupid like we would, you know, put shaving cream balloons in people's locker. Or we got in this game where you'd be standing in the, you'd, you'd be standing in the hallway and people would come down through there and you'd make them human pinballs. And, you know, you'd be pushing it into another guy. And that, I mean, so we would have people going down through there. Well, Coop, which he's six foot seven, and he was our principal. Heather actually worked for him at, at Corner. He comes down there and he was like, boys, come down here. All right, you either get to run or you don't play in the game on Friday night or you can take three licks from me with, with his sawed-off baseball bat. So I didn't like running in the first place. This doesn't feel good, but it's over. You know what? The mental anguish that we carry around is sometimes a lifetime. You know, sometimes in my own life, I'd rather take licks than have to remember the things and, and to, try to, to try to push those things out of my head from my past that hurt people that hurt me things that hurt me the 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 design of the world that came in to try to hurt me do you know that when i'm led by the spirit all that stuff becomes less it's like it turns the volume down see everybody in here i know is saved but not everybody in here including myself is renewed in your mind in a way to where I go, I'm going to listen to the Spirit more than I'm going to listen to the world. See, that's why the Word of God is so awesome and that we need to continue. I don't care if you're 100 years old. I don't care if you're 200 years old. You can be Methuselah and be 969 years old. You still need the Word of God. There's nothing that you can do and there's no way that you can take this any other way then we have to constantly constantly be putting the word in us so that the spirit of our mind where the spirit actually goes hey mind we're going to act right go tell go tell your will and your emotions to get in line you know what when it's two on one i gang tackle the world it doesn't matter what's happening out here. Everybody can be saying bad things about me. It's like, okay. I know it's happened to y'all in times. It's happened to me. I've gotten upset when people said bad things. But you know, there's actually, and, and it happens more and more the more I put the word into me. I, I'm standing there and somebody says something bad about me. And it's and people are like, well, you're not upset about that? I'm like, eh. I mean, it's not hurting me. You know, the whole sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. That's only true, only true when you're being led by the Spirit of God. If you're being led by the flesh, a stick and a stone might be better than actually being hurt mentally and emotionally. See, that's why we need to gang up 
on our flesh. We need to gang up on the world and have the Spirit of God that's on the inside of us just continually recreating our mind, our will, and emotions. And see, with Jesus, if we renew our mind, then we overcome the world. Amen. Did y'all learn something today? Amen. You know, eventually this teaching is going to become probably one of these, you know, most churches do like a, a class where they, where, they try to, where they try to, you know, tell people what do we believe and, and, and how do we do things. I'm probably going to turn it into that and I'm probably not going to preach it on a Sunday morning as much as I've been doing because there's a lot of teaching. There's a lot of things, you know, I don't get to put all my little funny things where, you know, people are, you know, doing weird stuff. So it's not as, it's not as enjoyable, you know, from a visual perspective. But I really believe that there are things that we're listening today that if we just got, if we just got this, if we just got that, I've got the Spirit of God on the inside of me, He is perfect I just need to listen to Him. And the only way that I can listen to Him is that I have to renew my mind so that my mind will go, yes, that is true. See, once we renew our mind, truth becomes apparent because the Spirit of God's going, that is correct. And two on one will always overtake our flesh, the world system, You'll be in situations because you've renewed your mind and because of the Spirit of God that's on the inside of you that would crush the average person. But you'll walk out of it just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and you won't even be burned. And people will go, I don't understand how. I don't understand how Vicky didn't get just completely annihilated by that. I don't understand how Heather didn't get completely just you know, wrecked Oh, I've got friends that, oh, they would, they would, if that happened to them, they never forgave. Well, guess what? If you're led by the Spirit of God, and your mind, your will, and your emotions are falling in line, it just becomes another part of your life. And you go, thank God. Thank God that you've given me all these other good things to put my mind, will, and emotions on. That this was for just a short amount of time. And then it doesn't matter. All that doesn't matter. You know, your, your friends, your family, your dog, they can all leave you. But you know what? When you finally get the Spirit of God on the inside of you and you realize I'm not alone. I'm gonna, I've got somebody that I can talk to 24 by 7. He doesn't, he doesn't leave. He's here. Like I said the other day when I go to a buffet, sometimes I say, turn your head, Lord. It's about to get bad. But you know what? He's still there going, you shouldn't have done that. That's why your stomach is, you know, sticking out. See, what I want you to understand is that if we can get ourselves to where we're renewing our mind, we're getting to this point, all these other things just pass away. It, the, all those sayings about, you know, that's water under the bridge, all those sayings start becoming actual truth. That was just water under the bridge. You know, there's people who have wronged me and I was listening to Andrew Womack. I, I did not understand him about this. He said there was a guy that, that messed with him and did all this stuff. And like two years later, he'd been praying for this guy. Well, then he just said that the Lord just had him forget about that this guy talked bad about him. Called him a, called him a, a you know, everything but a son of God, right? He said the guy owned a business. He said he went into the business because he said, I was driving down the road and I just thought about this guy. I said, I just want to go in and bless him. He said he pulled in there and he goes walking into the place and he, and, he, and he walks up to the guy and he's like, hey, brother, how you doing? 
I just wanted to come in here and just pray with you, just bless you. And he said the guy was just like, you know, acting all weird. He said he went home and he was talking to his wife and he said, man, I went and saw, went and saw brother so-and-so. And she said, and he goes, and he was acting weird. And he goes, you're weird because this dude called you everything but a child of God. And you went into his business and just started talking to him? I can't believe he didn't cuss you out. And he said, I forgot all about that. I heard that story five, six years ago. Well, maybe longer than that now. I did not believe him. Did not believe him. But you know what? It happened to me. It actually happened to me. And I was like, with somebody that had, that we had had a bad relationship. And I, I had, I saw this person. We had a conversation. They were kind of weird. And then it was like, have you ever had that dawning, like it, it, it like bubbles up inside of you of, oh my gosh, I remember all this stuff from the past. That was what happened. And during the time I was talking to this guy, like we were best friends. We had not talked in forever nothing hugely wrong that went on between us but it was just it was kind of awkward and then I started realizing oh yeah we didn't have the best of terms but you know what the spirit of God can do that he can make it to where you don't even remember those things so that you can treat your enemies with the same respect the same dignity that, that you have for yourself that Press down, shaking together, running over. Shall men given unto your bosom with the same measure that you meet shall also be measured to you again. That means that, that, that when I go and I give to someone, I'm not giving withholding. I filled that sucker to the top and I pressed it down and I shook it so I could add some more to it and I gave it to them. And then I realized, well, they went and dumped it out in the back. Well, guess what? It doesn't matter because the Spirit of God on the inside of me says, do you feel bad about having that conversation with Him? No, because I'm believing there's going to be more of them. I'm believing that in your life, there's going to be opportunities where you don't remember the past and somebody's going to come up and you're going to be sitting there talking to them and later on you're going to realize, oh, we didn't have such a good relationship before. But you know what? Because you treated them with the same respect that you would treat yourself they're going to remember that and they're going to come back. I'm believing it. I'm believing that people are going to start coming back into your life that you've had problems with. And you may be going, I don't want to see those people. But you know what? I'm believing that you're not going to even know that when you're talking to them, that the Lord's just going to erase that in your heart. And that the hurt and the, and the bad feelings and all the other stuff, that it's going to be erased. And later on, you're going to go, oh yeah, I remember there was something was going on with that. Think about how much of a blessing that would be. Because guess what? There are times in your life where you're the only one that even remembers. That it wasn't such a big deal for someone else. And that you're carrying it on and they're renting space in your head. see that's what the Lord's trying to do is he's trying to take your mind and renew it I don't remember some of those things and that's what I want for each and every person if you'd bow your head I'm going to pray over you I'm going to pray over the food because we're eating today hallelujah father we come to you in Christ Jesus name I just thank you father that through knowing who we are, that the image of God that's on the inside of us, that it is, it is just being fulfilled, that it's, it's raising up inside of us the ability for us to have that two-on-one to where the Spirit of God and our mind, will, and emotions, that they overcome the world. And that we don't even know there's problems going on and that we're peace in other people's world when all hell is breaking loose. I just pray, dear Heavenly Father, that there are people that have wronged people in here, or maybe they've wronged someone else. And Father, I just pray in Jesus' name, you start erasing 
by renewing their mind to where they don't even know it so that they can talk to them and they can rebuild those relationships and so that they can have the things that you want for those people in their life and in and in the people that's listening's life. I just pray right now that we're getting much more revelation about who we are. That we know that Jesus is on the inside of us. The Holy Spirit's recreated us. We are sealed. And that the love of God just flows out of us like a river. Father, I just thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for these wonderful people that you've put in this congregation. I thank you, Father, that we're family. I just pray, dear Lord, right now over the family that they go forth out this week and have a great week. And I pray over this food that we're about to receive during our fellowship. Father, just give them um, opportunities right now to be able to fellowship and to have great relationships that build for the rest of their life. And we just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed. Thank you.